Renovation Made Right podcast is partnering with our friends at Renify. We know that planning a renovation is stressful enough, so let the experts take care of the financing. Renify's innovative loan options allow you to borrow more money and create a home that you love today. I'm David Bryan. And I'm Brenda Bryan. This is Renovation Made Right. If you're considering a remodeling project now or sometime in the future, Renovation Made Right is your single source to help guide you through getting the project you want and an experience that you'll enjoy. Renovation Made Right tackles topics that range from how to select the right project and contractor to tips on surviving the remodeling process to best practices for kitchen and bath design. We have over 30 years of experience in the industry and are owners of the well-established design-build remodeling company Black Dog Builders in Salem and Nashua, New Hampshire. We're sitting down with industry professionals to tap into their experiences and insights so we can equip you with the tools you need to make your own project a success. Welcome back to Renovation Made Right. This is Brenda Bryant. And I am David Bryant. And we are excited to be back again with another listener question episode. But wait, before we get to that, I am totally pumped up because we have hit the big time. (gasps) How so? So as you heard in our pre-recorded intro... Uh, we yes. have a sponsor. We do. We're we somebody. Do. We are somebody. Right. So we're excited. We will have a little spot in the middle of our show from uh, the folks at Renify, but we're really excited about the fact that somebody approached us. Um, and uh, and we also want to thank all of our listeners. We want to thank all of our listens, listeners who show up and listen regularly because we've actually hit a number that's big enough that somebody wants to sponsor us. We're right. not just talking into the void, nope. we found. It's very exciting. Yep, shock the hell out of me. <laughs> yep. So so the folks at Renify uh, found our little podcast here uh, and realized that uh, that our listeners are probably uh, very likely to be their uh, target audience. So we're excited and thankful um, that Renify is involved. And we're just thankful that uh, we've been getting as much traction as we have. So for all you folks who have been faithful listeners, uh, thank you very much. For anybody who's new to the show, I hope you're enjoying it. And you can um, like us, you can follow us, or you, you can subscribe. And we uh, we greatly appreciate the support. And we're excited to be uh, to be doing this and having fun doing it. Yes, we do. And we really want you to like us, you know, because we're, we're pathetic <laughs> we're, losers. We're a little needy, right? apparently. Yes. Please so, like us. So uh, so today we're going to do a, uh, a listener question show. Uh, and uh, it's sort of teed up between questions that go back and forth. Bren, as, as you know, if you've been listening to us, Bren t- tends to handle the design and creative side of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tend to be a little more on the nuts and bolts and the sawdust mm-hmm. side of things and yep. maybe the business side of good things a little bit. yin and yang yep. of, of any good design relationship. That's exactly I right. I tell him what I want built, and he says, no, I can't do that. And I say, we'll do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly how it's been for 35 years. So, um, and uh, All right, so let's go ahead and get started, shall we? Okay, yes. Uh, so... Bo, I'm sorry, no, not Bo. We got a question here from Bob from Birmingham, Alabama. No, that says JP. What does that say right there? Oh, you're Bob, down there. Birmingham, I'm sorry. Alabama. I'm sorry. That's you're, a no. D. I apologize. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so, no, you're right. My wife is picking on me already about even just reading the question, right? So I'm going to read the question, and my wife is going to answer the question for you listeners. I'm, so. not, I'm not sure I am anymore. <laughs> <laughs> she may be a conscientious objector, but let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. I have a regular bath slash shower in my master bathroom um, with a shower head of a typical height of about six feet. The problem is I'm 6'4 tall, and I have to duck down to use it. Don't have the budget for a, for a big remodel right now. I just want to be more comfortable taking a shower. Do you know any inexpensive products that will help 
Bob I, from Birmingham, Alabama. I do, actually. But you know what? I always so, – so some of these questions, and I'm very happy. I mean, we're always very grateful when somebody writes in a question for us to answer. Some of these things, I think, hmm, that's a pretty easy Google. But thank you. And I'm sure, actually, after you wrote it, you were like, you know, I probably could just Google this. And, well, no, <laughs> and you've already not... got the answer, so Bob. I... I certainly hope you haven't been waiting for us. So, no, I disagree with that. I think I think there are – what are you going to Google? Low, low, you know, low showerhead problems? I mean, you know, I think this is a perfect question for people like us. Okay. So deliver some value and help Bob out. Would I'm you going to. For God's I, sake. I, I will know that I, – I did know of some products right off the top of my head, but then I Googled them just to make sure. That, so, so in fact, you can Google low showerhead problems and actually come up with some good, good right. solutions. Well, but – so thank you, the Google. Um, so there are a few different ways you can handle this. There are shower head extensions. Um, you can buy them on Amazon. You can get them from Kohler. And it's like a one-foot extension that's kind of like a gooseneck up. Mm. Um, and it just extends that shower head up, like I said, a whole foot. So that's going to get you up to seven feet, which is going to be a lot more comfortable. And then you attach your shower head to that. That's the lowest, you know, that's like 15 bucks, Short money, maybe yeah. $17. Um you can also go with a slide bar shower head. So you can basically put a, a handheld shower on a slide bar and just add the slide bar to your shower um, and just mount it up high so that the top, the, the top of that handheld will be much higher. That's a pretty easy way to go. Um, there are some uh, shower heads that actually come with like a swivel on them. They're, um, it's like a joint. Uh, and it's a long bar that has that has a um, what's that like a hinge um, that I'm talking about. So it comes out at the shower head level. There's a hinge. You can hinge it up or hinge it down. Yep, like big those. rain heads. Yep. Um, so again, that will get your shower head up much higher than it is right now. So a couple, are... couple things to think about on that too. Yep. Now that, that that's the sort of product offering design option. On the technical side, don't make uh, make sure that when you make the first of all, this is a total DIY project. Just about anybody can do what Brenda's mm -hmm, talking about, mm -hmm. including the slide bar. Although when you mount the slide bar, you have to be careful that you're mounting it into solid material, right? So mm -hmm. if you've got a fiberglass shower, you got to be careful to be using the appropriate hardware. And you also don't want to make sure you're not mounting it into a copper pipe that's correct, just underneath correct. the drywall. So. But real simple, and you're gonna you're gonna take off the existing head. You're gonna wrap the the existing stem with Teflon tape before you put on, and Teflon tape is readily available. It's very thin, white material um, that helps uh, ensure that when you're threading a new fitting on, it makes a nice tight seal. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's just a good leakage. little, and it's it's inexpensive, easy, very easy DIY. Um, so that that's a good way to solve that problem. Yep. Right? So there you go. Yeah. See, also, you, got to, you got to help out with that question too. Thank you. One more quick thought on that too. Yep. Uh, that now, if you're taller and you raise your shower head, you need to be mindful a little bit of the fact that uh, you're going to have more splash. Right, yep. and so depending on and if, the height of your right, the height of your rod, right, mm -hmm. and, well, and the height of your rod and the height of the finish. Like if it's a fiberglass shower, there's drywall that comes mm -hmm. down typically onto the shower, mm -hmm. um, so you might be mindful of that, and you, know, you may may choose to add like tile around the perimeter on top of that if you happen mm -hmm. to have a fiberglass shower that doesn't go all the way to the ceiling, which no fiberglass showers do go to the ceiling, right. uh, to speak of, um, and so just be mindful that you might be getting more splash higher up because of the way you're doing that, right. and you and could, that can cause rot problems. Right. Right, some degradation right. of the materials yeah. if you don't have waterproof materials. So yeah. just think about that. Or too. even just, you know, a simple way to do it is to 
put another coat of good latex paint on that wall that's closest to the shower head and caulk. If, if you do have a fiberglass shower, caulk the, uh, the joint between the bottom of the drywall and the top of the shower head so that water's not like getting in there and then dripping behind the, the fiberglass. Totally agree. Totally agree. So there All right. You go. So there you go, Bob. Hopefully that was helpful. All right. So we've got a question here for Dave. It could be for me too, but I'm going to give it to Dave. All right. Hit me. I've got three dogs who have damaged my drywall and baseboard in my mudroom, clawed it, chewed it, etc. And I'm looking for a cost-effective solution to fix it and keep it from happening again. Any ideas? That's JP. Sorry, I got that wrong before in Barnstable, Mass. All right, JP. Yeah, so um, this could also be a pretty, depending on your skill set, a pretty easily done DIY. I'd actually think about um, adding a more durable surface as a wainscot. Um, You could do like a beadboard wainscot that comes in a panel. Uh, Their manufacturers make a half-inch thick MDO, which stands for Medium Density Overlay. It's uh, it's essentially like a fiber board that looks just like uh, sort of the Nantucket beadboard look. It's a mm-hmm. kind of a, a very attractive uh, look. And you can apply that. You can actually cut the drywall out uh, and the material comes the same thickness as your drywall, which is likely half inch. Uh, and you can cut the drywall out at a certain height. Let's say you want your beadboard height to be 36 or 32 inches. You cut a straight line and then you actually can insert this beadboard material right up against the studs and secure it and put a chair rail to cover the joint. Um, and then you put, you know, a couple of nice uh, coats of high quality uh, semi-gloss paint on it that makes it a cleanable, scrubbable surface. Um, and it's a much more durable product. It won't stop your dogs from trashing it necessarily, but it was it will be dramatically more durable uh, than uh than a drywall surface will be. Right. Um, but and, he also said he's, he's chewing on the baseboard as well. So one other thing you might think about is tile. Yep. You could do a tile um, uh, half wall. So uh, so that's true. Absolutely right. Tile could be a, a, could be a solution as well. Um, I would agree with that. And then and because we're dog lovers and we have multiple dogs and uh, on the dog owner side of things, there also are uh, products that you can purchase that you can put on surfaces that make it distasteful for the dog to chew on. Yeah, right? that's true. That doesn't always work, though. It doesn't. But sometimes, you know. like, you know, if, if they're gnawing on the baseboard and all of a sudden the baseboard, you know, tastes uh, unpleasant. So most... Uh, pet supply places do have deterrence like that, that mm-hmm. after they get a taste of that a few times, they'll be a little less enthusiastic. But right, uh, right. it certainly depends on the dog. This is this is what we call love because there are many things that are destroyed in our home that I go, it's a good thing you're so cute. Because <laughs> otherwise you'd be a rug. We've been pretty fortunate. Yeah, been too bad. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, okay. Now, we're going to do something we've never done before. Uh, because, as I mentioned, we're very excited about the folks uh, from Renify who have sponsored us. We are doing what we call in the business a live read. We've never done a live read before. So, we can uh, we live read all the – this is what we do. Well, no, we haven't live read a sponsorship before, have we? Oh, no. Because we've never had one before. Oh, that is a good point. All right. Um, so, so now uh, you get to enjoy us talking about Renify. So here we go. So what we're going to do right now is talk a little bit about our sponsor, Renify. So one of the nice things about Renify is they help homeowners get financing for um, renovation projects. And with them, you can borrow up to 11 times more on average than you could with a traditional um, other type of home equity loan. And, and so you, you why may, You is may that? say, how can that possibly how be? Can that, yeah, I did say I that. I was say, like, how, how could that possibly, that possibly be? be? Right? So why don't you explain how that And so the way be? that works is Renify actually does not just extend a loan to you based on the equity that's currently in your home. So let's say, as an example, you just bought a home and you've just moved in and 
you have a mortgage that's up to 80% of the value of your house, you only have 20% equity, mm -hmm. right? And so there's not much there you could borrow. Maybe there's nothing there you can borrow. Um, however, let's say you're also deciding to undertake a project that's $100,000 and it's going to improve the house value by $100,000, right? Um, or maybe it doesn't, maybe it's not dollar for dollar, but it improves the house value. Now, Renify will let you take equity from the project you are about to build and borrow against that. So they look at what the future value of the completed house is going to be and let you borrow against that as opposed to the traditional just equity loan. So right. it's a really cool program. It is a cool right? program. Renify is not a lender. Rather, they've partnered with lenders that leverage Renify's technology to seamlessly provide Renify loans. Renify loans may not be available in your state. For a complete list of licensed states, please visit Renify.com forward slash notices forward slash licenses. Renify is licensed as a mortgage broker and its NMLS ID number is 1802847. So anyway, thank you to Renify now. Back to our listener questions. Yes. So I have, I have, I have one for you. Oh, you do? Good. I do. <laughs> it's okay. It's like, where, wait, where did the questions go? So this is from Carla from Port Charlotte, Florida. Okay. Hi, Carla. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. We do. Uh, hi, Dave and Brenda. Love the show. I have a question for you. Uh, would removing our formal dining room make room for a larger kitchen? I'm sorry. Would removing our formal dining room to make room for a larger kitchen be a smart move? House value-wise, our 70s dining room is hardly used, and I'd love to make my kitchen bigger and at an island, but I'm worried about decreasing our home's value. That is an excellent question. Awesome. Go for it. Rip that sucker right out of there. <laughs> um, what we're seeing, and actually, it's a good—it's a really good question for a realtor as well. If you have any friends who are realtors, or you know, if you're at a cocktail party, for for what is happening in your region, because you know, uh, some design decisions are more regional than than others. What we're finding here in the Northeast, and granted, you're from Florida, um, is that. Most people would prefer to have a larger kitchen, someplace they can congregate with people, entertain with people, um, you know, hang out, as opposed to a formal dining room, which, like you said, maybe gets used twice a year. Obviously, you still want room someplace in your home, whether it's in your kitchen or you use some other space for a table that can fit a bunch of people if you want to have a bunch of people for dinner. However, the, the classic formal dining room is really not in use anymore. One way you can go about that um, to still keep that space um, is just take down the wall between your dining room and your kitchen. So if you have a wall up between those two, you can actually gain a lot more usable space in, in terms of traffic patterns. So if you wanted to add that island, just having the wall out of the way allows you to do that. Right. And don't worry about the fact that some people get concerned, oh, it's a bearing wall or somebody says it's a bearing wall. Any competent contractor can remove a bearing wall with right. no problem. Right. You just need, right. A, you need a beam. But what that allows you to do is take that formal dining room, make it less formal, make it feel like part of the kitchen. Um, still have seating for when you want to have that big party and you want everybody to sit down, but it also allows a lot more flexibility in the design in your kitchen space. So you don't necessarily have to get rid of the room entirely, but you can change the way it uh, the way it feels. But we've done countless projects where we actually have gotten entirely rid of it and we've had the kitchen expand into the dining space mm -hmm. and now also be an eat-in kitchen. So it's the hangout side, it's right. the eat-in kitchen side. Um, and, and it's funny, I think a lot of our clients... Um, you know, their formal dining room has mostly spent its purpose in life housing their grandparents' dining room furniture. Yeah, right? exactly. And, and they're like, oh, I don't want to get rid of this because right. it was my grandparents, but I actually hate it. But it's, it's unused <laughs> space and it's valuable square footage. So, yeah. we, you know, in general, we say go for it. And we say that uh, not only are you going to not, in most cases, hurt your value, you're going to help your value and you're going to be, the house is going to be that much more appealing for uh, for future buyers. Right, absolutely. Right, right? so, yep. I mean, that obviously, you know, 
Carla, that's not a universal statement. You could have a buyer come in that's an elderly couple that really likes to have formal dinners, but that's pretty rare. And if you look at the cross-section of the marketplace, my guess would be your realtors would support what we're saying. Yes, I would agree. All right. Carla, thanks so much for listening, and thank you for uh, your question. We greatly appreciate it. Okay. Who else do we have here today? Okay. We have Janet from Oswego, New York. Thank you, Janet, for writing in. I have an old farmhouse, circa 1890s. And I'm replacing the linoleum floors that were put down in the 40s and 50s. So there's not, not, not a lot's been done to this house in a while. I love the look of a wide plank pine, but I am concerned about the softness. Would love to hear your recommendations. Ah, interesting. Yeah, so, so we, when we, we don't do wide plank pine flooring very often. When we, I love it. And we actually used to have it in our we very first it. home. Yep. We, we put it in our first home. And we had massive planks that we were able to install. Yeah, like um, 20 inches 20 wide. 20-inch planks, yeah, right? They were beautiful, beautiful. right? But um, the thing that we tell clients is you just need to go in with your eyes open and know what you're getting from that. So a, a, a wide pine floor is a softwood. Pine is a softwood, mm-hmm. and it's going to dent. It's going to dent especially under things like a woman's high heel, right? There's, a, uh, you know, I, I, there's been engineering studies about the actual you know, pounds per square inch in a, in a woman's high heel when they stride. It's significant, right? Yeah. And, and, a, and a pine floor is going to dent under that, which is okay because over time it takes on sort of a uniform character right there's but, a there's a patina but pets also pets dogs, scratch, right? you know like if your dog is running and a leaf scratch marks right so so in my mind i still loved our pine floors even after we uh, you know they had become worn uh but uh, we knew what we were getting into. We knew what it was going to look like. If you like things pristine and you like things crisp and perfect all the time, then a, a wide pine floor is not for you. Yeah. Right. If you and it's also got to be appropriate to your house, right? Um, but uh, but you know if you're okay with that sort of well you know more worn look a little bit uh, and that's warm and inviting to you, uh, then works great and and can be a really nice fit. And the other thing to be mindful of is. Generally speaking, wider boards have more expansion and contraction, so you probably will see bigger changes seasonally than you would with a smaller plank floor, right? Mm-hmm. So a wide pine floor will will tend to expand in the summertime when it's humid uh, and contract in the wintertime, so you may see more gapping. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not broken. That's the way it works, right? And right. you need to accept that. So and keep in mind, if you don't know what's down under the linoleum, you might have some lovely floors already. Um, so you should definitely do a little excavation work. Sometimes they get a little dinged up if there's been multiple floors put down and there's nail holes, but those can also be repaired and you could refinish what is already down and you can save yourself a lot of money that way too. When I was growing up, I lived in a, in a Victorian that was built in the like late 1880s and um, there was a linoleum floor in this huge dining room and we, uh, we pulled it up and there was this beautiful spider web uh, design on the floor with mahogany and maple in this it was gorgeous and somebody had cut it chopped just just covered it up right because it wasn't cool anymore right and so you know you never know what you're going to find in an old house it's yep. kind of like a treasure hunt sometimes it can there be, are those uh, can gems. be a lot of rot but it could be some really nice <laughs> spider web laid floors yep sometimes that, that can be the case so uh so we've done a, f- a few user questions I, i'm getting the wrap it up sign from our Ace producer Merrill that's saying we've probably done enough for this one particular show. Uh, And so my name is David Bryan. And I'm Brenda Bryan. And you have been listening to Renovation Made Right. We greatly appreciate your support and greatly appreciate you listening and hope you got some value. And we love your questions. So uh, shoot us an email. Uh, The show notes uh, have our address. And we also have a website, renovationmaderight.com. And we would love to hear from you and love to try to help you out. Yes, we would. All right. Take care. We hope you enjoyed this week of Renovation Made Right. 
We are ecstatic to partner with our friends over at Renify to deliver these podcasts to you. If you are looking to fund your renovation, head on over to Renify.com. That's R-E-N-O-F-I.com. Check them out. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes on our website, renovationmaderight.com, and follow us on social media at Renovation Made Right. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you like the show, leave us a review.